It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Yeah, it's another one of our exclusive interviews here on the Blue Room. I'm delighted to say, joining myself and Dave now is former Edison defender, Brendan Galloway. Brendan, yep. thanks very much for Thank coming you. to speak to us. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, how are you enjoying Luton? How's the move gone so far? Um, it's gone well. Um, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'm adapting. Um, being living back at um, in my home city now, so um, it's made it's made everything a lot easier. I'm, I'm enjoying it. The lads are easy to get along with. I think that we've got um, a great manager with us, uh, so I'm enjoying it. Yeah, we've been really welcomed here. It feels yeah. a hugely positive feel around yeah. the football club. The with the facilities are great. Everyone just seems yeah. dead happy around here. Yeah, yeah. I think that everyone everyone's uh, easy to get along with. Everyone's very welcoming, as they were with me in the summer. So I think that it just makes everything uh, a lot easier. Yeah. Um, looking back at your time at Everton, then. Um, you moved to the club in, in 2014 uh, from MK Dons. Um, do you have any memories about how that came about? When was the, the first time you heard about the interest from the Toffees? Um, first time I came, first time I heard about it was um, towards the end of the season. Um, I, uh, someone showed me something that was in the paper that Everton were ready to move for me. So I didn't think too much of, um, about it, but I was sort of like wishing that came true because. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was a big fan of um, the manager. I was a big fan of their style of play. Um, I knew that it was a great club, so I was just waiting patiently. And then, uh, then finally, I was allowed to go. I was allowed to travel up um, there to go meet the manager, and um, I was really excited. First time I'd been to Liverpool, I think. Yeah. So I didn't know <laughs> what to expect. Uh, so um, me and my parents stayed there, and then next day went to see. Um, Finch Farm was like wow, this yeah. is unbelievable. 
uh, coming from a team like MK Dons hadn't even seen anything close to it mm. unbelievable so got to meet um, the big boss um, Martinez at the time had a chat with him um, met some other people like uh, David Unsworth so yeah it was it was really um, it was really exciting for me mm. and then from then I had, uh, I had a decision to make and of course as soon as I seen everything as soon as I met the people I knew that's where I wanted to be you sound like you were dead set on the move straight away was, was there any hesitation at all because obviously you'd, you know you broke records in MK Dons yeah. and it has to be the youngest player for the football club yeah. you made appearances you were playing regularly for that, yeah. that side at the time was there, was there any sort of party that thought maybe you need to hang back no, <laughs> no, no not at all I think that when at the time when a club like Everton comes comes calling it's I think at that time it was a perfect club um, they had players coming through like Ross Stonesy um, they had a manager that really believed in youth um, that was known for you know um, taking care of young players um, nurturing them um, giving them time to develop so I, I just had my, my head already set on the move um, there was not really in any hesitation. The only hesitation I think was probably moving away from home because mm. I'd never moved away from home in my life. That would have been the first time. So I was keen to get your thoughts on Roberto Martinez as your career at the club sort yeah. of continues and the club sort of goes down on, mm-hmm. on a downward trajectory towards the end, which we'll get onto in a minute or so. But when you've made that transition from an academy uh, uh, under 23 player to yeah. being involved with first team affairs, does the dynamic between you and him change? Is he the same as he was when you, when he, when you first came, or was the more demanded of you? Because we we've spoken to a few former players who played yeah. under him. For instance, Leon Osman was talking about how he was very personable. He'd always have an individual conversation with each yeah. of the players. Yeah. Whereas somebody like David Moyes, who I worked with quite yeah. a bit, was a bit more standoffish. Yeah. The players get on with themselves. How did you find that? Um, I found that he was very um, he was very personal with you, um, which I enjoy because when He'd always say good morning. He'd always say, "Yo, girls, Oscar, um, how are you? How's how's your family? How's everything?" And I think that that's a good conversation to have. That when, so that's not just about the football. So I think that when um, you can have a personal, uh, house, just life in general, I think that that helps um, you to be your, yourself more and more relaxed. Um, but I think that yeah, he, you know, even if you're injured, he'd, he'd always come and ask how's the injury uh, make sure you get it right um, so I think that I've, I've, I've experienced different types of managers but that as a manager I really do I really do like and I'm sure that a lot of players like that because it gives you the respect like to have a conversation one on one that's not about football that's also about other things um, as I got probably more into the team probably uh, probably more demanding um, he was always but one thing that he did always give you was, um, was 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 time. I think that that was really important for me. Um, and as a coach, I think that he was one. He was definitely one of the best that I had. I know that things obviously towards the end sort of didn't go for him. But I think that I think that his ideas were were the right ones. Um, I think the ideas were right. Sometimes things just don't don't fall your way. Can you put your finger on why, what what sort of went wrong at that time? Was the, uh, I mean, I get the impression that for, for some, yeah, 
people might have been dis- a little bit disillusioned by him if he's still having those conversations with people telling individuals like Leon said to us that he, he'd have those individual conversations with people but then that, that wouldn't necessarily reflect in them getting the right game time yeah. and things like that yeah. and maybe a few players sort of felt as if well why is he telling me that when I'm not playing or I'm not yeah. in the squad and things like that yeah that's um, yeah I think that that's a reason that could be a reason why um, I've had it before I've had it with numerous managers where sometimes um, they do tell you one thing and don't live up to it. They'll tell you what you want to hear. Tell you, tell you, yeah, 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 yeah. I've had I've had that experience before with almost every manager. Um, but I think that so I think that when that when those sort of stuff happens, um, some sort of respect gets broken mm-hmm. or lost, especially with. The bigger players, because we had some big, big players in that team, like big, not um, big stature players like um, like Aussie, like people that will talk their mind, and you know if they're not um, promises aren't kept, they'll have something to say about it. Um, so I think that that's where it got broken a bit in the end. Is that players might have been getting promises, or players might have thought that they should be playing and they weren't, stuff like that, and then. You know, then you start to to not. You start to sort not. You sort of how do I explain it? You just don't give a hundred percent for the manager anymore. Um, that's probably might have happened with a few players. Um, the gradual erosion of gra- the trust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The trust just slowly sort of dies, and the res- and then when when that sort of stuff happens, then. Then, as you saw, like everything just went downhill from then very quickly. One of the things I think criticism in hindsight come from many Evertonians was yeah. that he was unwilling to change. I think yeah. you can label yeah. that at a few Everton managers, but yeah. ones that you've probably you've spoken to along the time yeah. at the club, where it, it feels very much as if, and, and listen, we're all fickle as football fans, you'll be fickle yourself when you watch a game of football, you'll think one player is bad, one leader, yeah. and agree the next, that's the way yeah. life is. But with, with him, it felt in particular that. It was obvious that things needed to change. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the start of the football that we witnessed in that first season, just before you arrived, yeah, was yeah. just yeah, I was watching him every single game. It yeah. was just <laughs> breathless, and we yeah. were like, "What have we got here? This yeah. is this is going to be incredible." Bringing the likes of yourself in, really promising young, hungry players that seem like a conveyor belt of talent yeah. coming through into that squad. But then all of a sudden, when when the passing style just become, I remember Andy Craig saying it one time. You'd intent you into the football pitch, should always be to try and create chances and score goals. Mm. Didn't feel like we were doing that, I felt like we were just passing for passing sake and just yeah. Liverpool had the similar managing breaking yeah. bodies yeah. at the time, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. As a player that must be incredibly frustrating because yeah. obviously you have an opinion yourself yeah. on what you think the answer will be. Yeah. Um Yeah, one thing is that he had his he had his mindset on how he wanted to play. Um No compromises though. No compromises. Um Sometimes it's a good thing because you know you have your style and that's just your style. But sometimes you might. Sometimes I think that you do need change, and we probably did need a bit of change at the time um, because it got to a stage where, as you said, it was very we were passing for the sake of passing without any real intentions to score. Um, Whereas before we were ruthless with it, we were we were attacking, we were passing to go and score, and I think that maybe maybe yeah, I think that maybe just overdid the passing, the, um, the style of play. But as you said, he wasn't willing 
very um, not um, not not stubborn in a bad way, but just stubborn in general with his style of play. This is how I like to play. This is how I like to do things. He just had that conviction in his own. That beliefs. conviction and in, in in his own beliefs, and that's what he wanted to do. Um, could have could have maybe changed it a bit, yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't willing to because that was his that was his style. Did you feel that stunted your own growth at the club at the time? Or did you feel as if that what you were there for now that the way things were going for you personally as yeah. a player getting game time in a yeah. side that was playing relatively well? Yeah. Um, did that start to fade a little bit? Um, and, and, and did it come out in a personal relationship you had with, with Roberto Martinez as well? Um, or did you just get on with it? Just got on with it. At, at, at the time I was just young, just going into training every day. I didn't really have an opinion at the time because I felt like I, if, if, if I had an opinion, I, no, I felt like I needed to play 50 games before I have an opinion um, of any sort. Um, I wasn't going to personally go against a manager that had um, that had been in football for so long and I've just come in um, maybe a few of the older lads probably did maybe a few of the older lads probably had something to say um, but as a youngster I was I was just getting on with it every day because that's that's all I could do really I don't want to seem like a like a, like one to, to, to talk too much at that age so that's that's probably that's probably how I how I wanted to keep it. Were you were you frustrated at that point in the, the campaign, the second half of, of the season where you really broke into the team? Because I remember a lot of the conversations we were having on the shows when when you were playing. Yeah, you know, it was a lot about you know Leighton Baines is not going to walk straight back into this yeah, side. Yeah, and there were conversations we were having from January onwards when Leighton comes back into the team that you know the centre halves aren't playing particularly well here. Yeah. You're naturally yeah. a centre back, yeah. um, you know. Yeah. Why am I giving? I, I, yeah, I, I was frustrated, very frustrated. Um, I felt like um, I felt like I should have been playing more. Um, even there was a few games where I think that we I wasn't playing, and then there was a game against I can't remember who it was, but it was a game in the FA Cup against a low league team so I thought okay I haven't been playing for the last few games he's going to put me in and then he didn't so stuff like that was just frustrating and then towards the end of that campaign I was just on the bench all the time when you're when you've got a taste of it of playing at Goodison playing away when the Everton fans are much louder than the home fans you know he's just want more of it you just want to be on the pitch so that was really frustrating. And I suppose what must have added to that frustration is that when you were in the side, you were playing yeah. really, really well in yeah. the first part yeah. of that campaign. I mean, yeah. on the way on the way down, we were talking about some of the, the moments you were involved in. You know, the three yeah. one against Chelsea, where yeah. you set one of Stephen Naismith's yeah. goals up yeah. across. I remember at West Brom away, where you make an unbelievable play <laughs> yeah. on the goal line, yeah. two one, and we yeah. go on to win three two. You, know? yeah. you, you were playing at that point. Out of um, out of position, yeah, and and you were doing really well. So it was almost like this lad showed what he can do yeah. at Premier League level. Yeah, where's he gone? Yeah, exactly. I, I didn't feel like it was fair at all. Um, yeah, I was really frustrated, um, angry at the time. But I, at the time, I didn't I didn't want to show it because I didn't want to seem um, disrespectful to anyone, especially disrespectful to Baza because he's a great character. Yeah. Um, he's he's um, 
one of the Everton greats and I didn't want to go in and say I should be playing ahead of him still um, that wasn't my character so I just wanted to work hard and get back into the team I didn't as I stayed in it but at the time because I was only 19 I'd, I was still young so I couldn't really I didn't really want to have a big mouth on me um, to come across as disrespectful Did you feel as if you could have that conversation if you, if you, in hindsight do you feel as if maybe if you'd had that conversation or you would have spoken up a little bit more things might have been a little bit different Maybe yeah yeah um, what I've learned since then is that in any situation you need to speak up and you need to speak your mind um, as I've got older that, that's what I've learned in football is that if you don't if you don't speak your mind then you, you want you then you'll never know um, so maybe yeah I think I probably should have but at the time it was very hard for me mm-hmm. to because um, even when you know Baz is, Baz is great and um when he came back into the team or when he got back fit I just wanted to welcome him back because when he was injured he did help me a lot um, off the pitch um, talking about my games giving me personal advice so um, he was he was really good like a really good and important person for me what, what's, what's he like as a as a fella in general like in days because I, I feel as though sometimes even though he's been at the football club for so long yeah. we use Evertonians don't really yeah, know what he's I mean, like as a, as a personality yeah. I mean do, do, do you think he even likes football sometimes <laughs> <laughs> no, Baz is great Baz is, Baz is one of my favourite um, you know he comes in I don't think I've because to come to training all I wear is tracksuits because yeah. <laughs> you know I just roll out of bed put a tracksuit on <laughs> he comes jeans shirts um, guitar yeah yeah. <laughs> he'll come all smartly yeah. dressed I'm like how do you have the effort to do that <laughs> um, but like he just he's very he's, he's very personal uh, like he's not very he's not out there but you know like I've had conversations with Baz like because <laughs> some of the music that I've heard him listen to um, you know it's not the type of music that I'd listen to <laughs> But then one time he came to me and he was like, yeah, um, Bren, have you heard Kendrick Lamar's new album? I was like, what? <laughs> what do you know about Kendrick Lamar? <laughs> like, was it like, in indie stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 in the indie stuff. And then when he hit me with the Kendrick Lamar, I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> I was like, I like that, I like yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> maybe he had maybe he had got it from my playlist in the change room. But um, he's, he's good with everyone, you know, he's good with the oldest, he's good with the youngsters. Um, you can never, you can never be shy to have a conversation with him. Um, he's not. He, I've never. He's one of the most down tough guys I've seen. Um, you know, he's done at the highest level, but he comes in and he works hard. He does a lot of work in the gym. As he's got older, he's been in the gym a lot more. Um, but he's he's a great character. Really, really big character. Um, obviously, at the end of that season, um, Marnus leaves the football club yeah. uh, there's a lot of talk about who's coming in to, to replace him um, in regards to the loan move to West Brom yeah. was that something you pushed for was it something the club wanted and did you have any say in, in where you did end up going on loan um, yeah so uh, in pre-season uh, I was told that I wasn't going to play but I needed to stay at the football club but I wasn't going to play this Byron yeah yeah so I was like well he, that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense yeah. to me it doesn't make sense to me I've just played um, 25 games the season before 
um, I've had a good pre-season and you're telling me that I'm not even going to play not even going to play not even going to I was going to be in and around it but um, just as a, like a squad player um, so I'd got interest from um, at first it was Newcastle um, real big interest from, from Newcastle they had just got relegated to the championship Is Benitez still there? Was yeah Benitez was still there yeah yeah um, and then I got late call from West Brom uh, and at the time you know although Newcastle is a massive club favourites to go up you look at with the Premier League where you're not playing so you either go to Newcastle in the Championship or you stay in the Premier League the Premier League is where every is where everyone watches the Premier League is where everyone has their eyes on so I said okay I'll, um, if Everton allow me I'll go West Brom's the club that I choose and then I think that I remember I was told that I still wasn't being allowed to go and then I got a call late on Sunday night saying get yourself down to um, who was it from was it from Steve Walsh at the time I think that Steve mm. Walsh might have been in yeah you're right that's somewhere yeah. yeah I think that he might have been in and then he said Brendan um, we've decided to be fair I didn't even decide actually but I would have still decided West Brom but they said um, that they that they've accepted a loan move for West Brom and that I need to make my way down there to go have medical tomorrow morning um, so it was Sunday night and I just drove down there um, and met Tony Pulis had the medical and yeah just signed that day it sounds like at this stage where you've come to a football club just yeah. to revisit what you've said about coming and having that really personal relationship with Martinez and yeah. him making it feel like a very warm environment yeah. to I think it's no secret about what Ronald Koeman is like in yeah. terms of being quite ruthless yeah. complete opposite in yeah. regards to personal relationships yeah. with people did that feel like there was a shift in terms of particularly younger players at the football yeah. club did it feel as if that okay well this this is a guy who knows what he wants and yeah. I basically just need to do what I'm told type yeah, thing yeah, and yeah. I was like a head teacher type yeah, thing yeah yeah like um, uh, yeah he was in charge no one had anything else to say no one had anything put what he says goes um, even I don't think that he had put very I don't think that he had relationships with many of the players you know some days you know he'd walk past him and you know just wouldn't even acknowledge you hmm. um, which I think yeah, um, you're the manager, but it doesn't it doesn't hurt to still be a good person. Doesn't take much, does it? No, it doesn't take much to say good morning, or if I hold the door for you, I thank you. As a person, it doesn't take much. Although I know that you're the big boss, um, and I think that as a youngster, it was probably at that stage it was probably then harder because when Martinez was there, as well. Um, maybe on like the Thursday the 23s would go 11 v 11 against the first team and um, we'd be working on the shape for the game and they'd just be working on the opposition they'd be, the, they'd be shadowing the opposition so who were going to play <coughs> so we had you, you, had a, you had a chance to impress although it was only for half an hour you still had a chance to impress and um even like Anzi would be like go in and smash them you know prove your worth you know that's who you want to be taken so go prove it and then when Kuman came there was none of that 
there was none none of that you couldn't you know he he wouldn't even watch he wouldn't even want to watch he wouldn't even want people to be watching training if you're not involved because he's doing tactics and if you're um, like physios or whatever you can be watching training like when he's in tactics stuff like that so it's very it's very it was very different mm. that, very, that, very that must have been really because I imagine you know when Roberto left and you know you guys would have all heard things yeah. and seen things in the press about who's coming in and I imagine as a defender you would have thought Ronald Koeman you know one of the most iconic defenders he's ever been scored European <laughs> Cup final winning goal you must have been rubbing your hands together was, thinking, yeah. I can't wait for this yeah definitely and I'd seen the pre and I'd seen what he had did with Southampton before mm. um, I had a few friends at Southampton which were also young at the time that I was playing with uh, at England 21s and they were playing so I thought oh, maybe he is one to um, still give a chance to the youth I know they'll have a good style of play and then I think that summer obviously Steve Walsh came in big investment at the time big, wasn't it, yeah right? so I think that I don't know how many players we bought that season but I think that that was very detrimental to the football club we, you know you buy in spending hundreds of millions I don't know to stay the same hmm. to stay the same that's that, I think in a nutshell you've just described how yeah. fans <laughs> yeah. I don't think anyone's yeah. ever done that before <laughs> 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 I've seen maybe one of the worst yeah. um, and, and that, that's the sort of feeling we had in that season when we when we spoke about it as fans we were really optimistic it's yeah. just, you see a club all of a sudden get huge yeah. investments yeah. you've got a billionaire on the company yeah. and you're thinking wow who are we going to buy next yeah exactly that's any exactly, football fan yeah. actually feels that way, yeah. but it became quite apparent quickly that it almost felt like somebody just won the lottery and <laughs> what can I buy? What can I buy? Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't really any structure to that. Nah, and, and I think no, Steve no Walsh has come out in a recent interview, hasn't he, in the last couple of days, talking about how um, there were certain players who he, he thought he, the club should buy and he's basically passed the blame off to him. <laughs> it felt like a bit of a calamitous situation. Yeah. So here you've got like a manager in Ronald Koeman who's very standoffish isolates himself as the big boss like yeah. you said there doesn't really talk to many people yeah. you've got a guy who's a director of football who's never been one before he was a scout at Leicester yeah. comes in yeah. and he's all of a sudden given an open checkbook yeah. it felt like all of a sudden the, yeah. the tight neck group that you were talking mm. about when he first came in felt like everything was a bit all over the place and all yeah. the different factions of yeah. the club was it that like that in reality yeah yeah, yeah. it was pretty, very much so um, it just went from a tight neck group you know, we had we had unbelievable characters the season before. You know, we had um, although he was still there, we had Jag Stonesy, Ozzy. We had people like Gasbury, James McCarthy as like core group, and then like even like obviously Seamus Coleman. And then next season we have Ronald Koeman. He buys ten players. Everyone's then dislodged. Different friendship groups. Um, you know, everyone's now just don't know their their place. Mm. Whereas before, you know, everyone knew this is the core. And then we had also youngsters to back that up. But then now you've all of a sudden got a squad of thirty first team players. How are you gonna how are you gonna manage that? So it sounds like what you're saying is when Martinez leaves mm. There were still elements of what he did that were still really good. Yeah. And that it perhaps didn't need the overhaul that everybody thought. Yeah. When, yeah. when he went Lokum. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I think that the, the main thing that they needed to do 
that everyone knows about was to... Oh no, Rom didn't even leave that season, but we probably needed another striker. But the main thing also that that we've never done is replace Rom. All those goals that he scored for us. So I think that the squad it didn't need a, a, a whole change. It didn't need. It obviously needed a few changes. Kuma would have come in, wanted to bring his a few of his um, the players that he likes, but it didn't need ten to thirteen signings. Mm. It didn't need um, all the, those players, all the players from the season before, a lot of them to go out on loan. I think the bigger the squad, you know, it just brings you more problems because there was a lot of big players in there. So when they're not playing, it must be tough. You mentioned Lukaku. Yeah. What was he like? Because he's he's a character now. I think many Italians have gone off completely given how he handled his departure. Yeah. It always felt like we were on the edge of losing him all the time. Yeah. What was he like with yourself? Oh, great. Rom's Rom's a real good friend of mine, even still to this day. Um, I bumped into him in London in the summer actually had a good chat with him just before he had made his move I think that he's he's a great he's a great person to be around um, very focused one of the most focused people that I've seen um, never touched alcohol in his life never done anything to put his body in harm um, you know he looks after his body very well um, he's got personal people to look after to make sure that his body's always in shape um, and you know he's very he's very focused he's very demanding in training like when, when we used to train and you know if you're because you go up against him yeah yeah <laughs> if you go up against him in a 1v1 uh, he's bullying you you're having to kick him or do something to put him down but he's very um very focused and very demanding of his teammates. You know, if you if you don't give him the ball, he will tell you about it. You don't care who who it is, he'll let you know what he thinks. And at half times, you know, if you're not feeding him, you know, he'll come in and he'll go crazy. <laughs> yeah. Because when when he first came, yeah, um, and it, it it become quite quickly to me anyway. I think when he first signed, it was always Everton was a stepping stone. Yeah, right or wrongly. Um, Obviously, wrongly in the views of many fans, but having a little bit of perspective on the issue, you sort of feel as if that this guy's destined for the top level. Yeah. As long as we can keep him, yeah, it's it's sort of a, it's a bonus if yeah. you like. Yeah. Um, and so we have him four years in the end. I don't quite know how it lasts. Because <laughs> he was prolific from day one. Yeah, he? yeah. He's got like a one and two record. He's yeah. Got a record Premier League goal scorer. Yeah. I never felt, and and you'll know this from fans who've spoken to you in the past. Evertonians love a personal relationship with their players. Yeah, I don't think you're ever going to get that with Ron. No, um, particularly given the fact that he wanted to go on, like you said, yeah. very driven and focused to go yeah. achieve the very best. Um, I suppose what I want to ask you about him really is: was it? Did they ever feel patronising? Probably the wrong way to use here, but when he's around a squad that yeah. isn't that level, yeah, did it feel as if? You ever saw anybody sort of beneath him or anything like that? Or did he, was he was he a consummate professional? In that no, he was he was he was very professional. Um, he never he never made you feel he made he never made you feel like uh, you were beneath him. Even when I was a youngster coming through, um, he always put his arm around me. Um, he was very he was very good with everyone. He never 
he never same same as Stonesy when same as when Stonesy obviously knew that Stonesy was destined for the top and he knew that he was going to leave at some point but him as well he was never he was never looking down on us he was never like oh no I need to be at, at Chelsea or Man City and Rom, Rom, Rom was never like that but he did keep his business to himself so he might have known that stuff was going on in the background but he never spoke about it only to the Belgian press. <laughs> 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 All of his friends. Yeah. 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 What's he going to say? Oh, uh, yeah, we went over the Yeah, true. But he, he never, he never, you know, if you if you if you ask him, uh, if you ask him anything, you know, he'd just laugh it off. Yeah. He'd never be too serious with it. Um, but in that, to be fair, I used to hear whenever he went away with the Belgian squad, they'd say something new. Yeah, but um, both of them. Obviously, went on to bigger clubs, but when they were with us and they knew of the interest, they were both still very professional. You know, you'd see Rom still outside for half an hour extra doing shooting, just stuff like that. That you, his focus was always the same, and that now that was just to score goals. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to amazon.com apply. That's amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.